0: Our lives are shaped by the way we view the world. The decisions we make, how we feel about our circumstances in life, the way we relate to other people, and so much more, are all influenced by our answers to a few key questions of life. Who are we as humans? What are we here for? What's wrong with this world? And is this all there is? In this series, we'll be delving into these questions and having a look at what Christians actually believe. My name's Rowan and I'm one of the pastors here at Auckland EV and over the next six weeks I'll be your guide along with two of our other pastors in unpacking what it is that Christians actually believe. You might have come along uh, to these talks as a Christian wanting a deeper understanding of the basic truths of Christianity and there'll be plenty here for you to understand the foundation of your faith much more deeply. You might call yourself a Buddhist, a Muslim, a Hindu, a Jew, or some other religious background and you're wanting to compare what you believe to what Christians actually believe. I'm so glad you're here as well. It'll be a great chance to think through those differences. You might think of yourself as a skeptic. Maybe you're an atheist who thinks there is no God, a materialist convinced that all there is to our existence is the material or the physical. Or perhaps you're an agnostic who doesn't really care no matter what your worldview is. I want to put it to you that exploring the basics of the Christian worldview is one of the most important things you could be doing with your life. And I'll tell you why. Over the last 40, 60, 80 years, humanity has believed the lie that the more technologically advanced we get, the more economically developed, the more educated people are, the the less we need the idea of God. But that hasn't happened. In Africa, uh, over the last 100 years, uh, the population has gone from 9% Christian to 45 to 50% Christian. Korea, in the last 100 years, from 1% to somewhere around 40 Christians, and the whole time getting more and more technologically advanced. It's the same as in China. There are more Christians now in China than there are in America. Now, I'm not claiming that Orthodox religion is going to keep on increasing. I think it'll keep going up and down as it has over the centuries. But the idea that Orthodox religion is going to go away, That's just not true. And that means if we're going to understand one another, if we're going to coexist on this planet called Earth, we need to get into one another's shoes to understand where we are coming from. People like Dawkins and Hitchens say religion is bad and that's nothing new. What they've done in the last 20 years is start to believe that respect for religion is a bad thing. And if you counsel one section of the population to belittle and show no respect to the beliefs of another group of people, it's not going to end well. Nazi Germany has already shown us that. If you are a believer in God, I want to encourage you that you need to know why you believe in God, because all of us have doubt. And if you don't deal with your doubts, um, if you don't let your doubts drive you to ask the hard questions and you just blindly believe, your faith will, will never get strong. You never get to test what it is that you believe and you become either disenfranchised with too many unanswered questions and throw it all away or some sort of irrational mess, you know, the person that holds to their beliefs even against the evidence that exists. (laughs) Now, what we want to do here in this series is bring us to the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room that we're going to see today is one of the most common objections I get to people investigating Christianity. And that is this, any worldview that claims it alone is right is arrogant and shouldn't be listened to. So there are so many religions in the world, how can you say your one is the only right one? Often I get this argument, people come along and use the ancient story of the blind man and the elephant to explain their point. I don't know if you've heard the story but it goes a bit like this, there's a group of blind men and they come across a strange animal. None of them have encountered it before. Uh, The first one kind of feeling its trunk is convinced it's a snake, it's definitely a snake. The second one says, no, 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 it's hard and round and tall, it's definitely a tree. Uh, The third one kind of feeling its side says, no, 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 it's wide and high and flat. This has got to be a house, not an animal. While the fourth one is at the end of the animal convinced it's a rope with a fuzzy head. The point of the story is that each of the blind men hold different religious beliefs, all describing the same thing, but from different perspectives. And in a way, they're, they're all right. It's just that none of them have the full picture. So we should never claim our view is the right one. That's the story. That's the problem. That's the elephant in the room about why should we investigate Christianity? But the problem with this whole story is, how does the teller of the story know the full picture? How do they know the animal's an elephant? See, unlike everyone else in that story who's groping around in the dark, they assume that they can see. The only way to know that there isn't just one way to God would be to claim that you have the ultimate perspective on truth. And the whole point of the elephant and the blind man illustration is that nobody has that view. We're all blind. But that's where Christianity stands out amongst every other worldview and religion on earth. You see, Christians don't claim that any of us have better vision than anyone else. We don't think we've got better intellect or we're naturally more likely to perceive the truth. Now, the Christian claim is quite simple. It's this, imagine the elephant speaks. <laughs> All our problems about working out who the real God is are solved if he speaks. I think it's a stake. No, I'm an elephant. <laughs> no, no, I think he's a tree. No, I'm an elephant. Right? You get the picture. So the claim of Christianity is that the true and living God has spoken. That Jesus, God the Son, has stepped onto history's playing field. He rubbed shoulders with real people like you and me in real time, 2,000 years ago. The claim of Christianity is that while we're all groping around in the dark, trying to make sense of who God is or isn't, God turned up and He spoke. And what we have in the Bible, it's a record of what he said throughout history. And the New Testament, even more clearly, what he said as God, the Son, Jesus, who is God in the flesh. So let me take you to the beginning and see how God has introduced himself to the world he made. Come with me to Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. See, The God we meet, the God Christians believe in, is the God who was there in the beginning. Before there was earth and sky, before there was matter and light, before even time itself, there was God. Not God's, but God. This God has no peer. In Isaiah 46, he says this, I am the first and the last. There is no God but me. (laughs) No proof is given. No evidence is provided because he understands that what he's about to do next will provide ample evidence of his existence and power. Come with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning one day. So the Christian God is not an entity that can be conceived of apart from his works. This God is like nothing we've ever seen. He, he creates and he creates out of nothing. Nothing. It's not, like, it's not like God saw a light at a party he went to and went, Oh, that looks nice and bright and shiny. Why don't I take some of that light and bring it over here, make it a bit brighter and call it a sun? Now God creates out of nothing. Now In my previous job, I used to be a graphic designer and it was my job to create things. But I can tell you, nothing was ever totally new. You have all sorts of inspiration from other things you've seen and from things you've looked at in the past. And what I did as a designer was pull them together to create new things. But God doesn't do that. He just says, let there be light. And there is exactly how he thought, exactly how he wanted. And he did it out of nothing. Now, what that means is creation, everything that exists, has an absolute starting point. And because of that, it means that Creation itself, the making of you and me, is totally undeserved. How could we deserve it if we weren't even created yet? From the beginning, God brought about His goodness. He He made Himself known and He's been a God of goodness and a God of grace, of undeserved blessing. We didn't exist and yet He made us. We can't have deserved any of it. He's an amazing God. But did you notice how He creates. He speaks and creation comes into existence. Now, when I speak, uh, not much happens. I seem to spend my life speaking to my children, telling them to go to bed, but it doesn't work. They go, they come back, they go, they come back. I I can't even get my kids to go to bed and stay in bed. Yet this God speaks and the universe comes into existence with all its atoms and all its particles and its grandeur. Now, Christians differ on how long it took to bring the universe into existence. But all Christians agree that God created the universe by the power of his word, just by talking. As you read through the account of Genesis, you see it say, and God said, and God said, and God said, and it was so. His word has 100% success. And it's just effortless. He doesn't strain, he doesn't sweat. There's no resistance. Now, if you compare that To the accounts that would have been in existence around uh, the time that this Genesis account was recorded and written down by Moses. You'll see that this is very different. See, the people of the time believed the Babylonian creation account called the Enuma Elish. That was the predominant worldview of the time. And in that view of creation, they believed that the way the world was made was that one God was killed by another God and slicing him in two. The upper part became the heavens and the lower part became the earth as a kind of accident. And then uh, this God thought, well, how am I going to look after this thing I've created? And so created humanity to look after it because he didn't want to do it himself. Now, Genesis is very different to the world it spoke into. Creation and humanity are not an accident. God creates with purpose and order. You see the order with which he creates. In day one, he creates light. And day four, he makes the sun and the moon and the stars. In day two, he he separates uh, the water from the sky above. And in day five, he fills the sky with birds and fills the water with fish. Then in day three, he makes the land. And day six, he fills the land with the animals and, and then finally humans. See, God spends three days creating light, water and sky and land, and then three days filling each. He's an ordered God. Now, the account clearly doesn't tell us everything about the method God created. We come to it with a whole host of questions. But what's clear is that God created out of nothing by His Word. Now, Christians have differing views on the age of the universe. Here at EV, you'll find that some hold to a young earth view and others to an old earth view. Some hold that God created it in six little days, while others think that He used some form of evolution to bring about it. Each of those views have their own problems. But what's clear is that no species of life exists without God's direct hand. That's a a non-negotiable. In fact, scientists have looked at the statistical probability that the universe came about by chance. And they've said, look, it's possible, but the odds for it being a freak accident are incredibly unbelievable. The probability for all the constants of the universe to work together like they do in a way that allows life would be like tossing a coin up and down and having it come up heads 10 quintillion times in a row. That's 10 with 18 zeros on the end. It's possible, but incredibly, incredibly unlikely. Fred Hoyle, the astronomer who coined the term the Big Bang, said that his atheism was greatly shaken when he realized the statistical improbability of the universe. He later wrote that a common sense interpretation of the facts suggests that a super intellect has monkeyed with the physics as well as the chemistry as well as the biology he said the numbers one calculates from the facts seem to me so overwhelming as to put this conclusion almost beyond question someone has monkeyed with the physics now he didn't arrive at the position of knowing the one who did it but christianity claims that one is god god created everything the apostle paul in colossians writing about jesus says this colossians 1:16 For everything was created by Him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. God sustains. Not only did He create things, but Paul tells us that He sustains all things. By Him all things hold together. He's not just some great watchmaker in the sky who winds up creation like a watch and lets it tick-tock until it runs out. He's actively sustaining everything right now. See, I want you to do an experiment with me. I want you to take a deep breath right now. Breathe in and then out. Okay, the reason that your heart kept beating and your lungs could fill with air is because God is in control of the universe and allowed you to do that. He sustains all things. This is the Christian God. But not only does he sustain us, he defines what good is and what we are here for. He gives us a purpose. You see, the logical conclusion of of atheism is that we're all just accidents. We exist by random chance. And if we're an accident, you have no purpose or worth or meaning. There is no ought No, we ought to love others or we ought to not kill or we ought to not care. If we're just an accident, there's no moral order to the why we should live. But that's not our experience, is it? See, why did we as a country go into lockdown as the coronavirus hit? Because rightly, we value human life. This secular country did not act as if we were accidents. It acted as if we had value and meaning. The atheist philosopher Yuval Harari, in his book Sapiens, he draws this issue out to its logical conclusion. Now, he's still an atheist, but listen to what he says. According to the science of biology, people were not created. They've evolved, and they certainly didn't evolve to be equal. The idea of equality is inextricably intertwined with the idea of creation. The Americans got the idea of equality from Christianity, which argues that every person has a divinely created soul and that All souls are equal before God. However, if we do not believe in the Christian myths about God, creation and souls, what does it mean that all people are equal? Evolution is based on difference, not equality. He continues, Just as people were never created, neither according to the science of biology, is there a creator who endows them with anything. There is only blind evolutionary process devoid of any purpose, leading to the birth of individuals. Equally, there's no such thing as rights in biology. There are only organs, abilities and characteristics. Birds fly not because they have a right to fly, but because they have wings. If we are accidents, we have no rights, no moral oughtness. We just are. And our response to the COVID-19 crisis should merely be the survival of the fittest. But my hunch is that doesn't sit well with you. There's something within you that says humans have value. I'll tell you what that is. I'll tell you the only place that that value can come from it's if an external party to us gives us rights, gives us value and purpose because otherwise if if we determine our rights for ourselves it's just every man for himself or the largest group for themselves they can choose what they want to do and what is right and what is wrong but to have some moral order must come from someone with outside of ourselves. God tells us that He defines what is good. He creates the world and it was good. He creates the world in right relationship with Him and it was good. And He gives creation purpose. He gives us purpose. See, at the end of every day, as He declares that creation is good, He gives it moral value. Not some abstract and detached moral values as if goodness were separate from God. No. The goodness that flows from his character because he is God. Have a look at Genesis 1:26. Then God said, "Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth." So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every creature that crawls on the earth. See here, God made humanity to live under Him and to rule the creation that He put us here amongst. Did you notice at the start, He uses the word, let us. That's because God is one God, but three persons. I don't have time to go into more of that now, what that doctrine called the Trinity means. But all I need to say is that He was never alone. He was always relational within the relationships of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. he had always had those relationships. And now He creates us, humanity, male and female in His image, like Him as relational beings. We were created for relationship, relationship with Him, and relationship with each other. And we were given purpose. We're not accidents. That feeling you have that life matters, that relationships matter, that you long to get to talk to more people, otherwise we're going crazy. Where does that come from? It comes from the God who made us in His image. To relate to Him, to know Him, to live under His loving and good rule, and to fill the earth and to look after it. God made humanity to enjoy His creation in perfect relationship with Him and to live with Him forever. That's why death sucks. It's not what we were made for. And to see why death has such a horrible effect on us and why death is in the world, you need to come back next week. But the key thing to understand this first week of what Christians actually believe is that God made us And gave us purpose. And if He made us, it means we're responsible to Him. Now that's because He's the God who rules. Revelation 4.11 talks about God and the angels around the throne in heaven right now. And what they're saying, have a listen to it with me now. It says this, Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honour and power because you created all things And by your will, they exist and were created. Today is Mother's Day. And if you're joining us and you're a mum, I want to say a special welcome to you. We love our mums. Our mums are special. Why is that? All that they've done for us. They've fed us, taught us, given us the opportunity of life, guided us. Here's the thing. If we almost all universally recognise that our mums are deserving of honour, how much more the God who made us and sustains us and calls us into relationship with Him? Because if He is God and He spoke creation into existence and He sustains the universe and defines what is good and right and gives purpose, then just like our mums deserve to be honoured, then He deserves to be worshipped. He is literally your reason for existing. He created the universe with his powerful word. He's the one that made your heart beat and allows you to breathe. He is the true and living God. And you know what? He stepped onto the earth in the person of Jesus and he spoke so that you could know him. He is worthy of glory and honor and praise for he is God and his ruler over all. The question for you and I is not, Is this the true God? But is the true God your God? You see, we don't naturally treat God as God. We don't do that. We turn our backs against Him. And that's a question that we need to work out why, but you'll need to wait until next week to be able to find that out. Because as we look at why the world isn't the way God created it to be, we're going to see why it's so important to come to Him. This world is not as God created it to be. Sickness, death, pain and rebellion exist in the world around us. And we're going to come back next week and work out why that is in the second one of this series. Now, I'm sure many of you will have questions. I've skimmed over a lot of things today and we'd love to hear them. Uh, So text through to the number on the screen and we'll answer them in a special segment in next week's service. You can come back and hear our answers as we think through that. But today, if you want to know more, We want to give you a link to our connect card in a moment where you can put down that you'd like to find out more about Jesus or you'd like to discuss more of this. We would love to get in touch. But won't you join with me as we thank God for who He is and what He's done. Let's pray together. Father God, we are so thankful that You created the world, that You made us with Your incredible power. We ask that You would help us to see who You are and to come to you and to enjoy relationship with you and to worship you. You are an awesome God. We are so thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon recording from Auckland EV. We hope you found it helpful. And if you'd like to find out more about Jesus or about church, we'd love to get in touch. So check out our website at aucklandev.co.nz for more details. Thanks for listening.